Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover with Sam Franco and Chris Brave. Crossover, step back! Right here on 960theref.com. What's up, everybody? Sam Franco, Chris Brain back with episode 50 of the Crossover Podcast right here on 960theref.com. A lot to get to today for episode 50, a monumental episode. Of course, the Hawks give you a monumental failure when it comes to the NBA draft, so we'll get into that. We'll also talk about the Braves and the fact that they need to be buyers. They're in first place. We record this. Today is June 22nd. The Braves are in first place. They need to be buyers, so we'll get to that a little later on. And we're going to talk a little bit about a international rivalry that one of the biggest characters over the years in this rivalry has turned his back on one side, some would say. So we'll jump into that towards the end. I am talking about Landon Donovan, for those of you who want a little bit more of a tease. But first and foremost, Brain, the newest Atlanta Hawk. Well, there's three of them. They drafted three players. But the newest and most high-priority newest Atlanta Hawk, Oklahoma point guard Trey Young. Yeah, and uh, it was really a buzzkill last night because the Hawks took the guy I wanted them to take, Luka Doncic, who's like a six foot eight Manu Ginobili, uh, who's been playing professionally since he was fourteen years old in the second best league in the world behind the NBA. Yeah. By the way, his teammate at Real Madrid is uh, Trey Tompkins. Trey Tompkins. Yeah, and they won the uh, whatever league they won the Euro League, which is basically like the the Champions League of European basketball, and they also won the Spanish League. He was the MVP of both. So Real Madrid basically dominates everything over there. They've won three straight Champions Leagues, right? That's right. Three straight soccer Champions Leagues. They won Eurobasket this year, and they won ACB, which is the Spanish League. Yeah. I mean, like with, you know, Trey Young, you're hearing a couple of things. One is that he might have been a guy that ownership of the Hawks kind of favored more than anything, but you have also keep hearing the, the, the Steph Curry comparisons. Travis Schlenk was at... Uh, Golden State before he came to Atlanta so maybe you start adding things up I mean they did get a future first round pick out of the deal to move I guess down the two spots but but it's protected you had all the leverage here why would you let the Mavericks give you a protected pick they're the ones that wanted to move up I'd be like no is it it lottery protected one through five so it's top five protected that's still I mean think about it in in today's landscape of the NBA draft how hard is it to get that transcendent star outside of the top five? Oh, it's, I mean, darn near impossible. It's very. Yeah. So the and fact that you let them protect the pick is absurd, especially because of what you heard earlier in the day. The Hawks were looking, basically, the, the, the initial thing that they wanted was to trade the pick and Kent Bazemore to the Mavericks for Wesley Matthews, a very good, young, budding player, and then the Hawks pick as well, and they wanted the first-round pick. And when the Mavericks balked at that, the Hawks seemed like they panicked. And they're like, oh, we got to make the move now. What do we do? We'll just give it to them for basically nothing. Right. And I know it's not nothing. It's still a top – it's a six to be on pick. 
But next year, the Mavericks aren't going to be very good anyway. So you could have had maybe a top five pick next year, as well as the one that you're going to get for you sucking. You might have had two picks in the top five. Instead, you let them protect the pick. Although the Mavericks now in consecutive drafts have been solid because Dennis Smith was a good rookie for them last year, and now they end up they they've got Doncic. The other thing that uh, bummed me out about last night and reading a lot of uh, you know the rumors that were swirling prior to the draft was that. Atlanta really liked Lonnie Walker out of Miami, uh-huh. and were, th- were you know the potential was there for them to maybe package those two other first round picks up. and move up to the to the tail end of the lottery, and uh, and they didn't do that, and then the Spurs end up taking Lonnie Walker, which because San Antonio did it from my mind sort of confirms how the you know oh, why I liked the guy yeah. to begin with, no, absolutely, but um. Yeah, I mean, Trey Young is one of those enigmas. The Hawks seem to be the one team in the NBA that liked him more than any other. And Nobody him. else was taking him probably before 8, 9, or 10. So you took him three spots ahead of where you should have. You got no value hardly back for him. And you did something that nobody else would have done. You could have traded further back, probably gotten more for the pick. For somebody else that wanted to yeah. come up and take Doncic, I mean, he needs to turn into Steph Curry. He which the, which the cha- I mean, the odds are he's not. I mean, he had such a like an up-and-down year at Oklahoma, and just as he became – and what bothers me is, like, just as soon as, like, Oklahoma started – they went on a nice little streak, Young was scoring all those points, and as soon as, like, the attention started to get focused on him, that's when Oklahoma oh, started to tank. Yeah, and they, they collapsed at the end of the year. I don't and, know how they made the NCAA tournament. Well, I do. It's because they have Trey Young, and the NCAA is a crock of hypocrites who decided to, oh, well, we should let the best teams get in here. We have the selection committee. But, hey, that guy gets a lot of attention paid to him. We'll get eyeballs if we put him in the tournament. Yeah, and would they last anyway a game? They didn't even make it out of the first round. Yeah, right. That's I, The other guy I liked, too, was uh, uh, Colin Sexton. And I love, too, the Cavs took him, and he put out that uh, that call to LeBron, like, hey, let's do this. Hey, you know who's better than Trey Young? Colin, Colin Sexton. Sexton. Yes. And yet the Hawks traded away a player that many people think is the best European prospect since Dirk Nowinski and a guy that, again, is ready to go right now. He's already been playing professionally since 14. He's been playing professional ball for five years. Yeah, it's a real bum- bummer. It is a bummer, and it's a thing, though. It's like, this is what the Hawks do. And the stupidest thing about all of this is Quavo from Migos. We all know him around here because sure. he hangs out on the Georgia right. sidelines for football games. Like, a few days before the draft, he tweets, hey, draft uh, – uh, draft Trey Young, and it was a lot different than this. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it's basically draft Trey Young. We can have Splash Brothers 2.0. And they did this because they drafted Kevin Herter from Maryland, a sharpshooter who's kind of like a Clay Thompson. So it's obvious what they're doing. They're trying to create Splash Brothers 2.0. But you let a guy like that, you know, tweet something like that. And then as soon as they make the draft pick, they, they quote tweeted him saying, oh, We see you, Quavo, or something like that. And then they retweeted somebody who did a cartoon of uh, Trey Young sitting at a Waffle House table with Gucci Man, 2 Chains, and Quavo. They did this for marketing? It, it's yes. looking like they did it as a marketing gimmick as opposed to picking the best player, which is completely it's asinine. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the uh, that's the, the, the the feeling that's coming out is this was more of an ownership play than it was the uh, than it was Travis Schlenk. I mean, Jamie Gertz, she wanted, she wanted Trey Young. <laughs> and, uh, or whatever her her husband owns the team, whatever right. his name Anthony is. Anthony Wrestler. Although uh, the, the rumor right. was that came out was that he wanted Doncic. Well, the, so I uh, don't know what's going on here. I, I'm very confused by this because 
I, I don't think anybody is thinking that Trey Young is as good of a basketball player as Luka Doncic is. So I don't know if, if if this legitimately is a marketing gimmick and they did this. Look, obviously they think he can be a good basketball player. But if marketing played a big role in this, Travis Schlenk should be fired, in my opinion. Because I don't think you should let this. That's not what you're trying to do. You're a rebuilding team. Nobody's coming to your games anyway. Trey Young is not putting any more butts in the seats other than maybe Quavo will come hang out courtside. But you know what that does for you? Not a whole lot because there's not going to be anybody else in the building. If it was a marketing ploy, though, I'm t- I, don't, I don't think Travis Schlenk was making the move based on marketing. I would that, hope that not. Reeks of, that reeks of ownership, thinking about money, and that's and, and, there's and a nothing lot of else. Smoke screens and everything that get thrown out around the NBA draft. But bottom line for me with this pick is this. You had a, an opportunity to get a guy who people are calling a generational talent, and instead you get a guy who hardly anybody in the NBA could agree on. Nobody knew where he should be picked. I wouldn't have even wanted the Hawks to take Trey Young at 19. I don't think he's an NBA player because he's not a very good defender. He has a lot of assists, but I don't want a guy that's going to shoot from the logo. You know why? Because only Steph Curry consistently makes those shots. Trying to recreate Steph Curry is probably what's going to get a lot of teams' GMs fired over the next few years. Because you're looking for a guy who's not a complete basketball player, who's only pulling up from the logo, whereas Luka Doncic, by all accounts, is the complete package. Yeah, I mean Steph Curry's already on his way to being uh, to being one of the the best basketball players has ever been, and you know the odds of a couple of years later of another one just like him coming along are pretty much slim. And you know another thing to consider with Curry too is when he was in college, Davidson, Davidson, Davidson College went to the Elite Eight. Yeah, what did Trey Young do in the tournament? One and done. It, it shouldn't have even been in it. No, they should not have been. But. In it. Uh, but, you know, and Davidson, by the way, they went to the Elite Eight and lost a tight game to Kansas in that Elite Eight. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a bummer because the Hawks had uh, – they had Doncic, and the next thing you know, it's like, boy, they're they're trading him. Well, and one thing that we weren't clear Trey about – Young. We were like, what a guy didn't like. One thing that we're clear about now is Travis Schlenk's actually the assistant GM. Quavo is, is the general manager of the Hawks. I guess so. He, he's making these decisions, apparently. And look, I love the fact that is involved with UGA football and on the sidelines and stuff, but you know what Kirby Smart's not letting him do? Pick who plays on the damn team. Yeah, we're not recruiting. Although maybe he could help to sign some D-linemen. Maybe so, but... Put the, out an APB on some of them. This whole thing just makes the Hawks look so damn thirsty. They're like, ooh, we want celebrities to talk about us. It's like, you know who's not going to be talking about this tomorrow? Quavo. He's probably already moved on. He's like, oh, cool, they took him. But yeah, he's I- like, bam, 70 days until kickoff. Can we talk about the most uh, the most Utah Jazz pick ever is Grayson, Grayson Allen? Grayson Allen. He fits the Utah Jazz <laughs> like a glove. They took Grayson Allen. I'm like, that is, that is the most spot-on pick of the draft. <laughs> Although Donovan Mitchell liked it. He did? Yeah. yeah. And well, he's their uh, superstar rookie. I so. mean, the guy's a good player. He's just one of those Duke guys who, you know, is annoying. I think he's one a good One of those player. white Duke players. I wanted who, the Hawks to take him because I wanted him to be Christian Leitner 2.0. You know, where, like, the Hawks took Leitner and everybody was like, oh, this guy's terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, is, like, Leitner is one of those, if he's on your team and he gets under other guys' skin, you kind of liked him. And of Leitner course. was like that. And I mean, that's how Allen is. I think he's Allen's a dirty player. Absolutely. I, and that's the thing. He's the guy that you love on your team. You hate him if he's on any other team. There's no question about that. Yeah, but so. anyway, just the that just Grayson Allen in Salt Lake City, Utah, that's a match made in heaven. Well, there's a couple of things that point to this being bad for the Hawks, and I said this on the morning show. I'll say it again. 
Travis Schlink will not be the general manager of the Hawks in five years because he took a huge gamble on this pick. I don't think it's going to work out, and I think that's going to you're going to look back at this. This is the kind of pick that the gamble is so high that it's either going to yield tremendous results or it's going to get the GM fired. Well, yeah, I mean, this entire draft, they had four picks in the first 34. And, um, you know, like you said, they took Werther out of uh, out of Maryland, Maryland as kind of the, the Clay Thompson. He's who, a bigger shooting guard. Who one of the pundits, by the way, said, this guy didn't even make first-team All-ACC. And it's like, well, yeah, he couldn't have because Maryland's in the Big Ten. Yeah. that is. A, <laughs> did he make first-team Big Ten? I don't know. Okay. Uh, and then they took, uh, you know, one of the rare one-and-dunners from Villanova with that big guy Spellman, so... Yeah. Um, because those Villanova, that's one they hadn't had too many one and doneers, but you no, knew it was going to be a good draft that, uh, for them. That Dante Divincenzo was he like a junior, maybe or, or he possibly might have been a senior. senior. Yeah, but yeah, he so was an upper class. Those Villanova so. guys, you're right. When they get taken, uh, usually are, are upperclassmen. But uh, before we move on to the Atlanta Braves, I do got to mention how about the just coolest and then most awful story of the draft was it a uh, Mikael Bridges? The player out of Villanova gets taken by the 76ers. Obviously, that's a hometown right. deal. His mom works for the 76ers. She's a VP of HR. They tweeted out. The 76ers. Out. Yeah. Right. They t- yeah. They tweeted out, like, oh, it's coming home and everything. And then Wojnarowski is on TV, and he go- it's, it was super awkward. He's like, yeah, so uh, Mikael Bridges is being traded to Phoenix, and everybody's like, "No, what?" ESPN's like, "We just had this beautiful moment on TV, and now we can't like go back and show it unless we talk about how horrible it is because the kid got traded to Phoenix." I like with Wojnarowski too. He, I know he did at like four o'clock yesterday afternoon tweet out the first six picks, which because of the Hawks, I guess he ended up getting two of them wrong. He got four of the six right. Well, he was right because the Hawks took Doncic at three, but then they traded him. Then they traded him, yeah. So well, I guess technically, he, he's right. But um, but I like now that he works for ESPN. They I don't guess want him tipping the picks. He was asked not to spoil, so he wasn't spoiling the picks last well, night. Well, he was. Did you not see what he was doing? So the way that he did it was he wasn't like being fully committal to uh, like saying this was going to happen. But he started to do the wording pretty fun, funny, like um, with the Lakers at 25, he goes, Source, the Lakers are unlikely to resist Mo Wagner with the 25th oh, pick. all right. He also said, Source, Portland has a laser on Anthony Simons. Or um, there was one I really liked. Um, oh, yeah. Boston is tantalized by Robert Williams at 27. Okay. So he started to like try to use words to where he wasn't like, exactly tipping the pick. Here's a good one. Utah Jazz have no plans to pass on Grayson Allen with the That's 21st all right. pick. Okay. So he's tipping picks without actually tipping picks, which I thought was hilarious. Right. And he used a different adjective like every time going around. Yeah. I mean, even like with the whole idea that he's really spoiling the draft, I mean, is it a big deal if you find out a few minutes before what happens? I mean, I guess it was one the, the TV network used to not like it or whatever, but of course. now he's joined up with ESPN. Yeah, and now he's uh, he's a part of uh, you know the worldwide leader, so it's uh, I guess a whole different thing. But I did find that hilarious that uh, he was doing it like that. But if you're a Hawks fan, this is the thing: the Haw- Hawks are just like any other team. The fans are usually divided over what the team does in the draft. This one, this pick seems universally hated, other than like Quavo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everybody is mad and, and thinking that they probably should have just stuck with Doncic. Don't, a lot of people thought Doncic should have been the number one overall pick. He falls to you at three, and then you give him to the Mavericks for a protected first-round pick. Yeah, that's that's what makes it worse. Is they you drafted, had the leverage. 
And then also the fact that the Hawks drafted the guy that after, you know, it was probably like, you know, like as a Hawks fan, I was like, I'll take Bagley or Doncic. Exactly. Either one of them. Right, right. And, you know, I guess Bagley went. He so went too, He so was so gone. Yeah. So there was no, then Doncic was there. And I, that's what makes it worse is they actually took a guy that I think you really wanted them to have and then traded him away for a, a guy that's um, very you know, risky. Yeah, very, I mean it's a risky very play. Risky. And the Hawks were the team, you know, the the one team out of the NBA that valued him more than the the twenty nine others. So I think we, they just took Marvin Williams over Chris Paul again. I really, I think they just took Sheldon Williams over Brandon Roy. I mean, I mean John Concack over Carl Malone. I mean, yeah, I think they, they did that it. again. Yeah, I, I think they did that again here, and it, it's very upsetting. And if you're a Hawks fan. You know, you 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 have this to look forward to. Also, yeah, I guess they took. Uh, although he turned out to be a pretty good player, but they took Kevin Willis over Barkley. Yeah, but I mean, uh, Willis was good. He was good, but for, see, for me, I say this all the time. He wasn't Barkley. Sheldon Williams over Brandon Roy was more egregious to me than Marvin Williams over Chris Paul, because at least with Marvin Williams over Chris Paul. A lot of other teams and a lot of the pundits they were saying that Marvin was Williams was number two on the right. board. Nobody had Sheldon Williams in like the first ten picks, where, and they took him at yeah. number five. Where it was bad for the Hawks is that post Mookie Blaylock, the Hawks couldn't find a point guard, and right. here were two of them, Paul and Darren Williams, mm-hmm. and they took a guy they didn't need just because he was he was viewed as well. They took best player available. They took basically. the best player available, or at least according that, to the right. charts. It turns out he wasn't the best player no, available. He was that not. was Chris Paul. Even Ugh. Darren Williams was better. As a Hawks fan, I'm very frustrated that this just seems to be them doing what they always do. Uh, unfortunately, messing this up. Look, I want to be proven wrong more than anyone on the planet because I want Trey Young to be the next Steph Curry. I want uh, Kevin uh, Werter, Werter, or whatever you, whatever his name is. Uh, I want him to be the next Clay Thompson. I just don't think it's going to happen, and I think they could have had a gem of a player in Luka Doncic and a guy that is just universally lauded as a guy that can come in and play in today's NBA. And they end up going in a different direction. It just it just screams Hawks so much and just brutal. Although the best part about the draft for me, and this was actually happened today. Again, we're recording on Friday the 22nd. Uh, I tweeted uh, because the Fox Sports South uh, tweeted something along the lines of uh, it was like a, a little video package of, of Trey Young being interviewed. And I quote tweeted and said, because he said, I've heard a lot from Quavo and Migos about this. And it's like, we now go live to Atlanta Hawks GM Quavo for his thoughts. <laughs> and it was yeah. a joke for me. And then Jeff, your co-host, tweets me, who is Quavo? Huh. <laughs> to which I tweeted him a picture of a Quavo holding up the Georgia newspaper standing on the sideline after the SEC championship game. And all Jeff tweeted back to me was, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Quavo's the guy that's got more sideline access than JD does. That is correct. Yeah, he's got more insider to this football team than Jeff. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, he also his, seems he to be... Like, he was born in Athens. Born in Athens. Yeah. Actually was a highly touted football player. Played quarterback at Barkmar and was actually really good. Uh, ended up not going to college or whatever. I think he quit playing football. He's obviously doing pretty well yeah, for He did. He now, made a good career move. Uh, no doubt about yeah. that. But uh, his career should not also include general manager of the Atlanta Hawks. All right, we'll uh, try and move on here because this is just depressing me talking about it. So we'll talk about a team that isn't depressing, the Braves who, as of this recording, still in first place in the National League East, still one of the top teams in the National League. This weekend they host a Baltimore team that is abysmal, whose only bright spot is Manny Machado, who will be traded very soon. 
I'd like to see him play for the Braves. But that's another story altogether. This team at the deadline, because right now, this is June 22nd, and they're still in first place. We've gotten to the point now, they have to buy. They have to be buyers at the deadline. Yeah, it's just a question of what do they uh, what do they buy? I mean, I think I think it's still pitching. Bullpen I, I, I is think number bullpen one. Bullpen, and it wouldn't hurt to add a uh, another starter. I mean, some of these guys are odd. I mean, you look at like uh, you know Tehran comes off the DL and throws that six inning no hitter. He was brilliant. But, I mean, I got to see that up close and personal, and he was brilliant. Uh, there's no question about it. I yeah, feel but like. I still don't trust him. I'm not a I'm not a Julio Tehran buyer. I mean, eleven Ks in six innings. And he then, was on that day, that's for sure. You know, and then Anibal Sanchez had been going well. His last start in Toronto was rocky. I mean, he's just a, a veteran. I don't, you know, right now I trust Newcomb and Soroka's look great. Soroka not has a big good. sample size, but he's no. Great. I mean, he, you know, the Braves got him some run support in Toronto the other night. He was a little shaky there, but I get that. He was pitching in Canada, Nance which is his home. home. Yeah. yeah, but really, I mean, Newcomb is the one guy I would trust in the postseason. And the rest, I would, I would like to add maybe some veteran starting pitcher. I wouldn't mind that. And there's some guys out there. How about the, uh, you know, I guess there's plenty of different options. Cole Hamill's an option. He's he's one that they may look at. And uh, you know, you just kind of kind of look at the the bottom feeding teams and see if they have any pitchers they're willing to offload. And I still think they need to add a bat because if you look at the American League. And if this team's going to contend for the World Series, they're probably going to go up against the Yankees or the Red Sox in a World Series if they get there. Those two teams hit a lot of home runs. They yeah, they do. Um, but I I just I think when you get to the postseason too, though, there's that that pitching comes into play. That it does. no matter how many runs you score, I mean, they're like if if the Braves if the Braves played the Giants in a one game playoff, they could have man they could have the lineup they have, and I like Atlanta's offense. Madison Bumgarner would shut them down. Probably I mean, you've so. got to have a I mean, you've got to have a pitcher that's capable of like you you got to go out there with the mindset of like I can't give up more than like two runs. No, tonight. I agree. It just feels like they're not going after a starter because they don't want to have to give up a lot for something that they have stacked in the sure. farm system. So I would like to see you know, I mean, a rental of Manny Machado for the rest of the season because he's obviously going somewhere else, and the Braves have Austin Riley, so they don't want to. You know, overturn the apple cart there. They 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 really like him, and they really probably like him to be the third baseman next year. But if you were to say just rent a Manny Machado for the rest of the season, what what would you have to give up? Because the Orioles don't have any leverage because they know he's leaving. So you could probably get him for a Camargo, and then maybe one of your farm system pitchers. Is that yeah. too much of a price to pay no. for a, a Manny Machado? No, it depends on the one. Like in and like one guy is that uh, that Tuki Tassant, right? Who is starting to pitch a little bit better, and now which is good because he could be attractive to some team, right? I mean, if it's okay, let's just throw that out there. If it's Tuki Tassant and Yoan Camargo for Manny Machado, yeah, I'd do that. I'm running yeah, I would do to that. the fax machine yeah. or whatever to do that. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you put Manny Machado in the middle of this lineup, and I know that it's a pipe dream almost to think about, but but just, just to, to kind of play the game here, I mean, you'd have a lineup of, and this obviously is dependent on Acuna being healthy, but Albies, Acuna, Freeman, Machado, Marcakis, that is a stacked offensive lineup and one that, you know, along with the pitching that the Braves have, would probably make them the favorite, if not, you know, or a favorite in the National League. They are, but that's the thing. Aren't they already a favorite in the National League? You go out and get a Machado, and they're probably the favorite. Well, as of right now, they, by percentage points, have the second best record in the uh, in the National League, just behind 
Was it Milwaukee? The Brewers. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not just saying this out of thin air. I mean, MLB.com had something about the Braves maybe being interested in Machado. There, there have been chirps. So, oh, yeah. if they were to go after Machado, rent him for the rest of the year, that could be a you know franchise altering type move. Just in terms of that, you only need him till the end of the year. He's going to go somewhere and make a boatload of money after the season. You've got a third baseman waiting in the wings, probably not ready to go just yet. So. That seems like a move that would work out. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, flags fly forever. So if you give up a couple of guys in your farm system for Machado and uh, you win a pennant, then it's worth it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, even if they don't, it's still like it's not worth it, depending on what the price is, as long as they don't give up too much with it, which they shouldn't, because as you said, I mean, the Orioles. No leverage. Yeah. I mean, he's leaving after this year. So it's either you get something or you get nothing. The only leverage they have is that they might can create a bidding war here. Because I've seen that the Red Sox may be interested too. And it's like, man, the Red Sox, Adam. I mean, it's just. Are you kidding me? That's they already like lead. Them and the Yankees already have way more home runs than anyone else. Yeah. I so, mean like the the you know, who are the other candidates? I don't know. I mean that's the thing. You kinda gotta look around at, at what position needs each team has. And Machado's interesting because he can play third or short. Would they send him just across town to DC? Uh, I mean, the Nationals are kind of a quagmire right now. Are they going to be a buyer at the deadline? I mean, you just kind of They're in second place. Yeah. I don't think they're going to give up. Probably not, but... But I don't know what they have in their system. That's a good question. That's a good point, too. The Braves just have so much there that it seems like they would have enough, if it's not too much, to make an attractive offer to the Orioles. Because the Braves guy, you know, our guy, Acuna, he's been on the DL, so he's been MIA for about a month. And meanwhile... He's in that rehab assignment now in Gwinnett. Yeah, he should be back probably next week. Mm -hmm. But um, but meanwhile, I mean, the Nationals have their 19-year-old wonder kid, Juan Soto, that's up hitting walk-off home runs. No doubt about it. So the Braves, as we said there, they got to be buyers of the deadline. There's uh, no question about it. We'll wrap up our special 50th episode of the crossover with a little talk about Landon Donovan, the greatest ever American-born soccer player. I know a lot of people have coming at me with, what about Christian Pulisic? He's like, well, he's super young, and he hasn't even played in the World Cup yet. So uh, let's dial that back a second. But Landon Donovan has decided to throw his support behind the United States' biggest rival at the World Cup. I am talking about the Mexican national team, who have one of the more historic upsets of this World Cup so far, beating Germany one to nothing. And Landon Donovan, this is a guy who... I will put this lightly, urinated on the field at Azteca Stadium, the holy ground of Mexican soccer. And now he has conveniently decided to start cheering for Mexico. I wonder why. Oh, that's right, because Wells Fargo is the official uh, banking supporter of the Mexican national team. And Landon Donovan is, of course, just doing this for free, right? <laughs> no, he, by, by definition, he is absolutely a sellout in this yeah. instance. Oh, 100%. He, he is- sold out, literally. He is taking money to encourage you to root for, if you're a U.S. soccer fan, to root for your team's biggest rival. And it would be like uh, if Gordon Beckham, after Georgia had been eliminated by Duke in the uh, in the NCAA regional, said, hey, it's too bad that Georgia's not in the College World Series, but let's all get behind uh, the, the Florida Gators this year, guys. Um <laughs> You know, or if 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 Dominique Wilkins had said, "Hey, it's too bad Georgia's not in the Final Four, but how can you not root for South Carolina two years ago when the Gamecocks made it?" I mean, that's what it is. It's sure uh, it's a great star that's telling you to root for another team. Now he is a sellout, but I do have to confess, when Mexico was playing Germany in the World Cup, they were in the role of the underdog, and I was rooting for them to win. 
the uh, Germans being the defending cup champs and Mexico being a heavy underdog and to, to see them win the game I was I mean I was watching rooting for them but not because Landon Donovan told me to yeah no exactly so. I mean that's the thing he represents you know the best player to play in one of or for the best United States player to play in one of the biggest rivalries so I mean it, it's just upset or it upsets a lot of people that he did this. Uh, Kyle Marchino, former U.S. men's national team player, uh, ran for president of the U.S. soccer, works for NBC Sports, tweeted this. Can't tell you how disappointing it is to have made personal and financial sacrifices to try and hold our federation accountable, only to see former U.S. men's national team players profit off the result of that poor for, for governance by asking U.S. fans to support our rivals in the tournament we failed to reach. Yeah. And he's a he's a big name in U.S. soccer. You also had Hercules Gomez, another player. You also had Atlanta United technical director Carlos Bocanegra, one of the U.S.'s best players during Donovan's tenure. And Donovan basically called him out being like, uh, you know, your your parent, one of your parents is from Mexico. How can you not support Mexico? It's like, because he played for the United States and because it's okay to have rivals. You know what I mean? You don't have to pat everybody on the back and be all like, oh, yeah, man, we're going to cheer for these guys. It's like, this is why I don't like SEC, SEC guy, because I don't cheer for other SEC teams regardless of what the outcome is. I don't like Alabama. I don't like Auburn. I don't like Florida. So if they get to a national championship game, I'm supposed to cheer for them just because they're in the SEC? Hell no. No, and what if a former Georgia player told you to? Hey, it's too bad Georgia's not in the uh, – hey, too bad the dogs aren't in the t- – this is Todd Gurley here for Wells Fargo. Yeah, and I would tell him to shove it. Yeah. I'd be like, get out of here. Hi, I'm Todd Gurley for Wells Fargo. It's a shame Georgia's not in the college football playoff, but consider throwing your support behind Georgia Tech. I mean, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, so it's – I get it. It's bad. I mean, I'm not like a diehard U.S. soccer fan. Well, no, but, but just even looking at it as a – He's like a, a sellout. Well, if you take away the teams, like, like you said, if you put this in the context – of maybe the thing you are a fan of. Right. Then, yeah, That's it's what horrible. it is. That's what it is. And, I mean, just he is, by very definition, that is what a sellout is. He took money to encourage you to root for your biggest rival. And if you don't, listen, if you're, like, if you're a U.S. soccer fan and you hate Mexico because it's a big, dirty, nasty rivalry, that's fine, and it doesn't mean you hate Mexicans. No. Uh, yeah. That's and that's the, the other... thing. And that's what Donovan did. Yes. He basically like called out Carlos Bocanegra and was like, well, if you don't cheer for Mexico, have you seen what's happening to Mexicans in this country? Yeah. You hate your heritage. Right. And it's like, what? Right. Like, Carlos Bocanegra knows way more about it than you because he's half Mexican. Yeah. That's Idiot. the thing. It's like, you hate Mexicans. No, no, no. It's just they're, they're a soccer team that we are rivals with and we don't like them. But... Not just rivals. Biggest yes. rivals. Yeah. Right. However... When, I, when they were playing Germany, I was I was rooting for them because they were. I mean, they're the biggest underdog to win a match in this World Cup still. Yeah, but then to have again the U.S.'s greatest ever American-born player come out and basically tell you to root for Mexico. Oh yeah, not a good look. No, 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 terrible look. That was uh, that he was wrong for that. Yeah, absolutely. He's a sellout. He is. That's what he is. Hundred percent. By the way, before we get out of here, that's I just, treason. Yeah. By the way, I just before we get out of here, I just want to tell you all two things. One. Cristiano Ronaldo is better than Lionel Messi, and two, Portugal are going to win the World Cup. That's how I. Uh, uh, Portugal's not winning the World that's Cup. That's how I'm going to end this. I, you know more. I, I'm going to. Do, you know more about soccer than I do. <laughs> I'll give you that. But I, I want. I watch it. The World Cup, and I get like Venezuela is basically the Cleveland Cap. Uh, Argentina, pardon me. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, they're basically the Cleveland Cavaliers. They got LeBron but, James, and then the rest of that team is garbage. They're horrible without. But Portugal ain't that – they're not that far removed from that after uh, but Ronaldo. But they're much, much better than they have been. They are the defending European champions, so they do have that pedigree of having won recently, 
and Ronaldo is playing at an otherworldly level right now. Yeah. Abby told me that she filled out a bracket for her. I was like, listen, next time you need advice, come to me because <laughs> Belgium or France is going to win. Belgium have the players. They don't have the pedigree. And France, they certainly have a squad. I don't think – I think Germany, Argentina, kind of some – Brazil even. Brazil have looked not looked great so far in no, this tournament. No, I mean, I, as we talked today, they played this morning and they – They barely won. Yeah, I mean, they scored two goals in. They they tacked on seven minutes of injury time at yeah. the end and scored two goals yeah, in and it. And Neymar's out here not even getting touched and falling down like he got shot in the back so I mean. my, 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 the, yeah the, you mentioned that like the the one worry with Belgium is they've never won the cup well it's just they don't have and, that pedigree that experience that that kind of wherewithal of okay we're here what do we do yeah because I mean you've only got what a handful of countries that have ever won the world right. cup so absolutely and some of the ones that have Germany Argentina Brazil have looked very pedestrian yeah. Uruguay's won two, two though they've Ur- Uruguay's look good Spain has has looked okay I, I know they probably would would have liked to have that Portugal game back they they had a tough one uh, against Iran so uh, you know I, I think more than anything that we're probably going to get a team that wins this World Cup that not a lot of people were expecting to All right, you so. got Portugal I say no I'm taking Belgium or France okay All I right. like that I like that well uh we'll hit, head back to this Next time on the Crossover Podcast, 50 episodes in the books, and we'll get to number 51 very shortly. He's Chris Brave. I'm Sam Franco. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate that. Vaults us up the list of podcasts and makes you feel good about yourself for helping us out. So there's all that to be considered. But again, for Chris Brave, I'm Sam Franco. Thank you so much for listening. Back with another episode of the podcast very soon here on 960theref.com. You've been listening to The Crossover with Sam Franco and Chris Brain on 960theref.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.